Well, good morning and welcome to Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. I'm Adam Wright. It is good to be back with you, although broadcasting from the home studio this morning as getting over a little something that's been going around. But I hope you are having a great day on this Monday, February 12th. It's, you know, it's a joy to be back with you in the morning in these final days as we get ready for the season of Lent. Let's begin with our morning offering in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And, uh, well, you know, we're almost there. We are almost there at the beginning of Lent. we got a lot of catch-up to do for the days we missed last week, but that's okay. We're going to catch up. We're going to make it. It's going to be good. Today on the show, we are going to hear about fasting to conquer self-preservation, which fits in with where we're going to pick up with Father Peter Pompicello about our countdown to Lent, where he and I are going to talk about fasting today and the importance of fasting. We're going to hear from Pete Burak about the Catholic Men for Christ conference coming up this Saturday for all the men out there in the metro area, the Archdiocese of St. Louis. There is still time to register. There is still time to join us. And if you've already signed up, I'm looking forward to being with you on Saturday. And we are also going to hear about striving to enter the narrow gate in this Shrove Tide. So that is what is ahead on the show today. Uh, but before we can get to any of that, let's go to Mike Roberts for our weather and our saint of the day. Today is the feast day of St. Bonifiglio Minaldo, one of the seven holy founders. Born in Florence in the 13th century, he became a successful merchant but was distressed by the political upheaval that surrounded him at the time, and he was not alone. With six other merchants, Alexis Falconieri, Giovanni Borgionto, Benedict, Della Altella, Bartholomew Amidiate, Gerard Sostini, and Recoverus Uguccioni, he helped form the Confraternity of the Blessed Mother, also known as the Servites. They did this after seeing a vision during the Feast of the Assumption. Together, they became known as the Seven Holy Founders. Bonifiglio was the second prior general of the Servites and died in 1256 while the Passion was being read. All seven of the Holy Founders were canonized in 1887 by Pope Leo XIII. St. Bonifiglio Minaldo, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A prayer for the Archbishop. Heavenly Father, in these trying times when the spirit of the age threatens Christian values, give our Bishop holiness of life and wisdom to direct and guide our archdiocesan family so that we may grow in your love. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. This coming Saturday, I'm really looking forward to spending the day 
with men from all across the Archdiocese of St. Louis and the region for our annual Catholic Men for Christ conference. And in preparing for that, I was saying, you know, who are some of the speakers I'm going to be introducing and meeting on the wonderful day? And one of those guys is a guy named Pete Burak. And I had the chance to sit down with him a little over a week ago, and we were going to bring this interview to you last week. And then I got sick, but there's still time to register for the conference, and Pete's words on why we should look forward to the conference are still valid today. So we're going to bring you that interview with Pete Burak right now. It is a busy time of year. That's what I find myself saying more and more. Every time of year seems to be a busy time of year. And yet we are asking men to take a day to be with other men, to grow in faith, to grow closer to our Lord, to grow closer to one another, and to dive deep into what he has to offer us. It can be a daunting thing to say, all right, I'm going to take a day out of the schedule. But be not afraid. That's our theme this year. Be not afraid. If you take this day to be with us at Catholic Men for Christ here in St. Louis, I think some good things are going to happen. Dr. Ed Shreve is going to be there, Father Anthony Wick, Archbishop Rosansky, and our next guest, Pete Burak from Renewal Ministries. He's the Vice President. Pete, how are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. You know, I always look forward to the chance to be with other men here on the show and to talk about important things. And that's really what we're getting into today is uh, we have these conferences coming up, Catholic Men for Christ, Catholic Women for Christ. We're going to talk about the men's conference today. It's hard sometimes to uh, be a man and live the faith in 2024, and it can be a daunting prospect. It could be one that I think far too many times we shy away from. What's the message you have for the men? Why should they come and spend a day together as, as we get ready for this conference? Oh, I think you hit the nail on the head that one of the primary outcomes of a, a conference like this is, is encouragement and hope. And to be able to have interaction and, and develop relationships with guys and, and realize that the, the crazy things that we believe you're not alone in and the, the cares and concerns of this world, while they are significant and many of us carry many burdens in our lives and have lots of different types of sufferings and, and stresses and anxieties, to be able to carve out some time to focus on Jesus, to focus on what he's calling us to, and then to realize that in the pursuit of him, I'm not alone, that there are there are brothers who are with me, uh, you know, an army of men who are willing to to follow the master, to obey the master and to bring about an impact in the world around us. And so, I, I mean, in some ways, like, I, I don't want to try to convince a guy of anything. I want to invite a guy to say, this is an opportunity for a day that will be practical, it'll be personal, it'll be inspiring, and it'll make you be better. And I think one of the, the core desires of every man I've ever met is they want to be better. They want to uh, they want to be good, of course, but they want to be better as a husband. They want to be better as a father. They want to be better as a as an employee and ultimately as better as a disciple of Jesus. And, and I really believe this day will help you be better. I love the times in life. I don't know about you. I love the times in life where I've come together with other men and we've set our sights on a project. And, and the leader says, all right, this is the objective. This is what we're doing. This is how we're going to do it. And something amazing happens that I could never do on my own. Why is it important, you know, to have that as part of all these regimens, whether it's going to Mass with our families, the, the time we spend in prayer alone, going to adoration, going to the sacraments? Why, why is it important to come together with the other men in particular? Well, God himself said it's not good for man to be alone. And, of course, that's always applied usually to spouses and, and, and women. But I think there's a there's an application to it's not good for man to be alone from other men either, that throughout the whole history of mankind, uh, 
we do better as guys when we have brothers who are walking with us, who are side by side with a common purpose, as you described, a common mission, and are willing to then hold each other accountable. And, you know, the the, the passage that's almost always used for men's stuff is like as iron sharpens iron. There's like this way that I'm iron, you're iron. And when we come together, we make each other sharper and more uh, effective in who we are called to be. And it sometimes it's a little overused, but it actually it's true. You know, when men are around each other with intentionality, with uh, transparency, with a certain degree of, of trust in each other to say, like, I need to be better. You need to be better. And together we can pursue the Lord in a way that on our own, we might not otherwise be able to do so. I mean, this is the body of Christ. That's what St. Paul talks about. We're not all hands. We're not all feet. We're not all eyes. We're not all mouths. We all have a role to play, I believe, in the discipleship and evangelization of everyone. We all have a role to play. And when we all play our role, then the body of Christ is healthy. And so carving out these times, it's just like one of those things. Like if you don't have to carve out the time to do it, it just won't happen. We can talk about men's ministry. We can talk about supporting each other. But until we actually do the thing, it's all hypothetical. And so much, I, I've, I've just spent so much time with dudes who uh, kind of live in the hypothetical sometimes. It's like, yeah, someday I'll get in shape. Yeah, someday I'll make more money. Yeah, someday I'll grow in holiness. It's like, all right, enough talking about the someday. Just come to this day and actually do something about it. Yeah, you know, I've been thinking about this. Who, who are the men in my life that I want to invite personally, you know, I want to invite all the men. If you're if you're a man and you're listening right now, I want to invite you to Catholic Men for Christ on February 17th. More information at catholicmenforchrist.org. But I'm, I'm trying to think about who are those personal invitations I'm going to issue going to go to? And who are those men? And I know some guys, they've got that circle. They're going to go get 10, 15, 20 men. They're going to say, we're going to this. This is the date. Here's the cost. Let's go. It's going to happen. I'm probably not going to be able to bring 10, 15, 20 with me, but it might be that question of who's that one guy? Who's the one guy in my life that if I invite him and he goes, and now there's two of us working together to become holier and to evangelize, well, we're better set up for success. And Pete, I, you, you, we've been kind of talking about this. I'd love to hear your story. What, where's a, a, a story in your life that you, you know some guy invited you or you, you said, let's do this together, and that's borne some fruit? How has this made a difference in your life? Yeah, the interesting thing about uh, invitations is, you know, I think we we so often build it up in our head of what if they say yes, what if they say no, kind of that whole thing. And, and it, we do can be, be kind of paralyzed by the fear of, of using a little of that invitational capital. I've met very few people in my life who don't appreciate invitations. I, I can't think of a single instance where I've invited someone to something and they like turned around and like, how dare you invite me to something? Because an invitation is is an expression of affection. It's it's as I care about you enough to extend myself and whatever I'm a participating in to you. And people like that. And then the other thing that's fascinating is um, we generally don't have any problem inviting people over to watch a football game or to go golfing or to do anything else that we have passions about. It just seems reserved particularly for faith related things where all of a sudden we clam up and we, I don't know how to do it. I don't know what to say. I don't know who I should say it to. It's like, guys, what are we talking about? When you need a foursome for golf, you text every single guy in your phone who you know plays golf. You don't, you don't even hesitate. It's just like, because, and when every guy who, who can't do it says, no, sorry, I can't do it. You're not like, Oh, I can't, I can't believe I was rejected. It's just like, okay, well, you can't do it this time. Or like poker nights. You know how many times I've been invited to a poker night? And every time I'm like, thanks so much, can't make it, basically, because it just never works out. And the guys are never like, oh, my gosh. And I, I mean, they'll tease me. 
you know, because men do that. They'll, you know, they'll hold my feet to the fire a little bit of like, are you ever going to come to this thing? And I'm like, sorry, guys, it's not happening. So my point in saying all that is like, I think we build up this idea of inviting somebody to a Catholic conference as if it's this earth shattering invitation. And at, at the end of the day, it's it's like, I'm going to this thing and I'd love for you to come with me. Yeah. You want to come? Great. And if they do, great. And if they don't, they don't. I mean, most people are very blessed that you're thinking of them and that you're offering something that you think would be a blessing to them. It's the, it's uh, the rare, very hardened heart that doesn't receive that as a blessing. And, and so I just think we just need to almost like demystify it and make it less of a big deal and just more of a common thing. We invite people to stuff because that's what humans do. One of the other things I love though, Pete, about these conferences, I remember back in uh, 2019, our St. Louis blues for the first time ever won the Stanley Cup. And that was when I learned that it was a thing, because I wasn't a hockey fan until we were about to win. We sang Country Roads at every game in the third period at some point. like They, they would just start singing, and then they'd cut the music off because play would resume, but everyone in the stands would start singing. And there was something amazing. You, you'd be in the arena, and you're like, wow, that's the greatest. Even better than that is whenever I'm at a men's conference and we sing either, you know, Holy God, we praise thy name, or the Salve Regina, but there's something about a group of men in prayer together. I think it makes the devil tremble. I'm not I'm not an expert in how the devil feels, but I think it makes the devil tremble. And that's just another reason, hey, come show up with this because the the power of being with other men will have a lasting effect. Amen to that. Yeah, I don't know whether or not the devil trembles, but that sounds good. I like that. <laughs> I do know it brings great delight to our Father in heaven uh that he's invited us to worship him. And so when we do the angels join in. I mean, not just in the the formal moments of the of the mass, but just every every moment of prayer. The Father's delighted by it. When two or three are gathered in my name, Jesus said, "There I am." So, I mean, <laughs> you want the best best argument for coming? It's like people are gathering in Jesus's name, which is a guarantee of Jesus being present. And so, and I I, I agree with you. There's something remarkably transcendent about men singing together, and um. Yeah, I, it gives me goosebumps sometimes. And so that's the thing. It, it's one of those things where, again, I don't want to like try to guilt trip anybody into doing something here. It's it's just an opportunity. And the, the archdiocese is, is kind enough and you're kind enough and all the leaders are kind enough to sacrifice something to give guys an opportunity to encounter the Lord in a new way, to encounter each other in a new way and to to move forward as disciples. And it's, it's a wonderful opportunity that's worth really, really thinking about. And um, my my suggestion is always like, when somebody's trying to decide something, we'll just ask Jesus, what does he want you to do? And then do that, because that's the best way to live. Yeah. I like I like that guarantee you made, where two or three are gathered. There I am in the midst of them. All right. Do you want to go be somewhere where Jesus is going to be? Uh, the, the math's not hard. There, this will certainly be more than two or three. So gathering in Jesus' name, he's going to show up, and who knows what's going to happen. That's always my favorite part, is we, we have that confidence. He's going to work. It's just a question of, can I get out of his way? And if I have that grace to get out of his way, that's, that's where amazing things happen. Um, the day, men, is February 17th. $40 includes lunch and parking. You're going to get two talks by Dr. Edward Tree. You're going to get a talk from Pete. You're going to get a talk from Father Anthony Wick. Mass with Archbishop Rosansky. Uh, some great camaraderie and fellowship with other men. The Sacrament of Reconciliation will be available. And I think last year it, it was over 500 confessions were heard throughout the day. And... Um, it's a great, great opportunity. 
Yeah. I was going to ask you, Pete, to give us, you know, give us a little tease here. What are you going to be talking about that day uh, without giving us the full thing? Because I want guys to sign up. I want them to show up that day. I'm going to be talking about what it means, the difference between being on Jesus's team and being in the game. And uh, there's a reality where I think a lot of guys are going to come show up as uh, either fans of Jesus or on his team. And I want to challenge them to think about what it would mean actually to get in the game with him and what that means for our lives. How's that for a teaser? I think that's a great teaser. All right. Well, Pete, thank you so much for being with us. We look forward to uh, having you here in St. Louis. Until then, we're going to take a break here on Roadmap to Heaven. Don't go anywhere. Prayer in a Time of Waiting All-powerful and ever-living God, guard our churches, our homes, our schools, our hospitals, our factories, and all the places where we gather. Deliver us from harm and peril. Protect our land and the peoples from enemies within and without. Grant an early peace with victory founded upon justice. Instill in the hearts and minds of men and women everywhere a firm purpose to live forever in peace and goodwill toward all. This we ask through Christ our Lord. Amen. All right, now that we've heard that, let's go back into our interview from last week with Father Peter Pompicello talking about counting down towards Ash Wednesday. Uh, when we left off, we were talking about fasting and the obligations. Father's going to get into some of the options, benefits, and how we can do more with less. And uh, let's dive back in right now. This kind of leads us into, into a couple questions, Father, when we talk about fasting, because I've heard different priests say different things. I've heard different people say different things. We know that, you know, here, here are the bare minimum standards, bare minimum standards, Ash Wednesday, Good Friday, Catholics between, and it varies a little bit from diocese to diocese, but basically teenagers all the way up 65, 70 years old, somewhere around there, you are obligated to fast on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. And that means two small meals that, when combined, uh, are no greater than a normal meal and then your normal meal. And don't be doing the Catholic algebra. Like, well, if I make X equal this, then half of X is that. And I can really kind of stretch this and make it work in my favor on Ash Wednesday. No, right. just you know what you have to do. Do it, right? Um, right. But two, we're called to abstain from meat every Friday during Lent. That's that's non-optional. The rest of the year, yes. a lot of people are surprised to find out we're called to abstain from meat on the other Fridays throughout the year, but we are allowed to substitute some other form of penance. And uh, most Fridays, I find it's easier just to abstain from meat, but to deny ourselves these things, um, that's the minimum. But then once we get past the minimum, as my uh, Latin teacher used to say in devotion, there's a little bit larger margin of error. So some people would say, okay, well, we fast all Lent, Ash Wednesday, Easter Vigil, you give it up, you give it up. Others would say, no, Sunday, solemnities, you, you gave up cookies, you can enjoy the cookie on Sunday. You can enjoy the cookie on the solemnity of the Annunciation, uh, solemnity of St. Joseph, when you know these things fall in the season of Lent. W- what are you telling us here, Father? We're, we're in training now, you got the chalkboard, uh, you're, you're showing us the map. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's wonderful to be Catholic because they're, bo- they're both ways of doing it, and they're, they're, there's... There's, I mean, outside of what the church prescribes for us, and I'm glad you mentioned those those practices of the only two days of fasting and abstinence on the church calendar are Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. But like you said about about Fridays in Lent, yes, meat meat is off the table, and that's for anyone of any age. That the age requirement never uh, doesn't apply when it comes to not eating meat. But when it comes from fasting, I think it's important to not make this some kind of an Olympics in which if on Easter Sunday morning, 
you know, you're cracking open your can of Diet Pepsi and you're drinking it and going, wow, you know, like I didn't do this since, like I haven't, I haven't had one of these since, since Mardi Gras. Okay, but are we doing this in the context of prayer and of almsgiving, which I know we're going to get to? Because the three of them, they're meant to be a tripod. They're meant to stand together and support the entire effort to raise our hearts and minds to God. And for me, I know there are certain things that I will give up for all of Lent, and I'll save them so I can savor them come Easter morning. But then there are things that I'm going to I'm going to give up until Sunday, and then I'm going to enjoy. I'm going to enjoy a you know a bag of M and M's. I'm going to enjoy a cookie or whatever it is that that I'm looking for. And I think I like the way it kind of makes it hurt that much more the next day. It's like oh gosh, it's almost easier to give things up and put them out of your mind. But then to have that Sunday treat. And to, to rejoice in the Lord's day and then go, okay, we're going back out to the desert. I, I think there's some wisdom in that as well. Yeah, it's I, I love the both end of this, that, you know, if, if you want to do a little bit extra, this is a great way to approach doing a little bit extra. That last year, okay, I abstained from this during the season of Lent. This year I want to do more, but I don't know, you know, because, again, your abstinence should not be someone else's penance. I've said it on this show before. <laughs> I'm going to say it again. I've given up things that, you know, a week and a half into Lent, my wife says, Adam, we need to talk. Because I know you wanted to give this up for Lent, but your kids did not volunteer for you to be this crabby. And you either got to figure out your attitude with them or you got to figure something else to give up for Lent so that you're not miserable to live with around the house. Um, And to say, okay, well, this is going to be my hardcore thing I'm going to do all season long. This is what I'm going to do every week from midnight, Monday morning, all the way through till 1159 on Saturday night. And then on Sunday... Wahoo, we get to enjoy this. It's, it's great. It's, it's a wonderful way to go. Um, Father, I, I want to come back to your deployment here because this is another thing. We, we think, oh, this is going to be really hard, and I don't know that I can do this. And I bet there have been times that you've been out there and your your options are like, here's the, the thing in the bag, that you, the chemical reaction happens to heat it up, and bon appetit, I hope you enjoy it. Or it's, uh, yeah, we're not going to really eat a meal again for – 24 hours, 36 hours, 48 hours. What have you experienced as a soldier, you know, as a chaplain out there? And what has it taught you about your ability to fast? Well, you know, God bless. From I know you have members of your audience that have have participated in programs to send treats to the troops or to send care packages overseas to soldiers that are forward deployed. And and there is nothing better than those little tubes of toothpaste, a little a little tube of, of shampoo or a toothbrush, because it doesn't matter how much cash I have in my wallet, unless those items present themselves in this care package, I, there's no place to go. I can't go to Dwayne Reed. I can't go to the drugstore. I can't, I can't do any of that. And and it also teaches you how little you need. You know, you you, you learn how to how to do well with less. And I think that's that's part of the wisdom of Lent is to to maybe pare back to that. Well, you know, if I give up these things or if I take on certain practices, you know, full disclosure, you might take on a prayer practice of say, I'm going to I'm going to give myself to a daily rosary. I, I maybe I, I say the rosary, you know, in the car with the family or, you know, maybe on Sunday, but I'm going to give myself to a daily rosary this Lent. Full disclosure, be careful. You might wind up not giving up that practice after Lent is over. And that's wonderful. That's 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 beautiful. How many people go to daily mass now? Because during Lent they said for Lent I'm going to go to daily mass, and then they just kept going. And it, as you said, it's it's a beautiful thing. It's a wonderful thing. So uh, this is a time, as we said, a time of training. Right now we're getting ready. We're making decisions. You know, I would imagine to go back to 
D-Day to Operation Overlord. I know the weather was a big factor, and they had to make some decisions. If the weather's this, then we got to hold off, or we got to do that, or we got to adjust the plan. Or if we're going into this, then we got to adjust the plan. If the enemy's set up here, then we're going to go this way. If the enemy's set up there, we're going to go that way. If the enemy's here, we're just going to have to engage like this. This is the time to be looking at those decisions. If I abstain from this during Lent, what's my plan? How am I going to make that work? Going back to what Father shared, the friend that said, I'm not eating out. Well, how are you going to make lunch work? What are you going to do? What's your plan of action? Put it down. Commit to it. Think about it. But, Father, as you said, all these three things are tied because we, we've talked about prayer. We've talked about fasting. And the next one on the list is almsgiving. And, again, just like fasting, we're going to be saying no to ourselves because if I'm, if I'm given money, if I'm given alms, then I'm not able to spend that money on something I want for me. Because I've now just given it away to do some act of charity. And whether that's increasing my tithe to my parish, increasing my tithe to the poor, increasing my tithe by just going out and buying you know, socks to give out or take down to the homeless shelter or to make care packages to send to the troops or to send, again, I, I think of the homeless shelters, especially in St. Louis, where I live right now, um, that you just see the need pretty much everywhere you go. But if I'm going to buy those things or if I'm going to give that money away, if I'm going to write that check, do that online donation, drop the cash in the basket, I'm saying, all right, I'm not able to spend that money on myself. I'm turning it over to you, God. And, uh, wow, we're, we're getting back to am I ready to do that? Am I ready to live with that, that money? Because I think I need stuff, Father. I, I really do. I think I need some stuff. I don't know that I can give up all this money and do this almsgiving. Well, you know, it's interesting to go back to my friend who gave up eating out. It was everything. It was eating out in all of its forms, his morning coffee and lunch at work. And those were two things that he did every day. And he, he paired all three together, the prayer, the fasting from eating out, and the almsgiving. He gave the money that he set aside the money that was going to Starbucks and going to the sandwich shop five days a week, and he made a gift of it. And again, like, look, be careful what you give up and what you learn to live with. He realized he's like, hey, what the heck am I budgeting? Like, look at the money I'm blowing having coffee out every day. Like, I got, you know, maybe I'm going to change my budget for this. This is this is a lot of money. But how how beautiful it is to you, we make a we make a sacrifice in one area that can be a benefit to someone else. His fasting from eating out became an act of charity in the form of money for you know for his parish. It's very easy for us to uh, to think, okay, I'm going to do this, right? But again, going back to the plan, and Father, you used a word I love, budget. You know, Are we taking the time to sit down when we do the bills each month to say, okay, for this season of Lent, and again, we're H-16 right now, the uh, 14th of February, for most people that's the night before payday. If you get paid on the 1st and the 15th or on the last of the month and the 15th or whatever it is, that's right around payday for a lot of people. So are you writing out? Okay, first is the mortgage payment, tuition bills, student loans, groceries, gas, electric, whatever it may be. Where are you putting increased tithe? And where is that going to go? Where, where's your almsgiving going to go? Because uh, you can't just walk around and say, anybody needs some alms today? I got some alms to give out here. Right. Um, tell us a little bit about the importance of, uh, again, having that plan and saying, all right, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to do it. And to hear the answer from Father, you got to tune in tomorrow morning. Or, you know, I'll, I'll let you know a little something because we've been running behind with uh, these segments because I got sick. You can hear the whole interview. In fact, you can watch the whole interview on Covenant Network's YouTube channel. 
Just search Covenant Network Catholic Radio on YouTube and look for Operation Ashes to Glory. When we recorded, we were 16 days out from Ash Wednesday. Now we are at H-2. So we only have days to get ready, friends. Let's dive in and do everything we need to have an amazing Lent. We're going to get you the weather and the daily dose of encouragement, and then we'll wrap up Roadmap to Heaven this morning. We'll be back after this. The B1 Prayer Eternal Father, at the Last Supper, your Son prayed that all who bear His name might be one. Send the Holy Spirit upon us to make us one in Christ. Strengthen our faith in You. Lead us to love one another. Unite our service to our brothers and sisters, and join us together as we build your church in our midst. Take away divisions that hinder our unity in Christ, so we may, with one mind and voice, as members of one body, praise and glorify you. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. It's that time of year when we are all starting to get ready to do a little introspection if we have not already, because Lent is almost upon us. And this week's theme for the Daily Dose of Encouragement is very fitting in that spirit. Patty, what is our theme this week? Well, first of all, before I get to the theme, I just want to say, for all of these topics and themes for the Daily Dose of Encouragement, most of the time I am simply sharing with you what I'm reading in my holy hour, what I'm going through, what I'm pondering, what I come across, whether it's on a website or a conference. It's just I'm just sharing with you what I'm gleaning from these things that are inspiring me. So recently I've been reading the Gospel of Mark through the eyes of the Word on Fire Bible, which has commentary by Bishop Robert Barron. And I was reading the passage about the cleansing of the temple. And here's what Bishop Barron writes about that particular gospel story when Jesus, of course, went in, he got kind of angry and just cleared out the temple. Here's what Bishop Barron wrote in the Word on Fire Bible. From the earliest days, Christian writers and spiritual teachers saw the temple as symbolic of the human person. St. Paul referred to the body as a temple of the Holy Spirit. Your very self is meant to be a temple where God's spirit dwells and where prayer, communion with God, is central. But what happens to us sinners? The money changers and the merchants enter in. What is supposed to be a place of prayer becomes a den of thieves. And so the Lord must do in us now what he did in the temple then, a little house cleaning. And Bishop Barron asks, what shape is the temple of your soul? Suppose Jesus has made a whip of cords. What would he clear out of you That's actually going to be the starting point for the theme this week. I love that analogy. If I'm honest, I do let the merchants and money changers into my soul. I choose things and circumstances that rob me of prayer and destroy my union of God. So this week, we're going to talk about cleansing the temple, our temple. So let's just begin today by humbling asking God to show us where we have allowed distractions, idols, disordered desires, and sinful habits to take up residence in our soul. Basically, we need to ask God, show me my sin. 
And if we never stop to ask God to show us the state of our temple, we will be blind to all the merchants and money changers and think we're just fine. So I hope this analogy will help all of us spend a little time examining our conscience this week. That's what we're going to do. Tomorrow, we're going to unpack that a little bit more. So stay tuned. I can already tell it's going to be a very productive and fruitful week here on the Daily Dose of Encouragement. Patty, thank you for our topic. Did you watch the big game yesterday? I have to admit, I didn't really watch much of it. I did watch the end. I I picked up about a minute and a half before the fourth quarter ended and then watched all the way through the end of the game. And, you know, it was a great lesson for us on don't give up and keep the goal in sight. I really thought, you know, at the end there, I thought, well, I don't know how this is going to end, but it doesn't look good for Kansas City. And then when they went into overtime and said, all right, Kansas City had possession of the ball. They had to score at least a field goal to uh, to win, and they were going for the touchdown. And the commentators said, you know, the way this overtime set up, and for those who aren't familiar, each team was going to get possession of the ball and a chance to score. Um, and it got down to fourth down and one yard. And normally in that situation, if you were just playing a regular quarter of football, well, you'd, you'd just punt the ball or you'd go for a field goal, but you certainly wouldn't try and make a play and have a turnover right there on that spot of the field. But if they didn't get a first down or score, that was it. The game was over, and San Francisco was going to win. And the commentator said, in in this situation, there is no fourth down. you got to go for it. You have to go for it. How often do you and I in our spiritual lives just say, I don't know, that's kind of risky. I I don't know that I want to go for that right here. Um, But if we saw the, the ultimate picture, would we be saying that or would we be saying, I have no choice but to go for it here. I've got to do everything I can. Well, let's look at Lent that way. There's no do-over. There's no new set of downs. We get one Lent this year to have a time of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving that takes us to a new place spiritually. Now, I've got a great tool I want to share with you. The Stations of the Cross is a great thing to pray during the season of Lent. It can really help focus our prayer. It can help motivate our fasting. Jesus, you did this for me. I, Of course I can do some fasting for you. Who am I to think that I can't? Go to covenantcatholic.org. It's an an initiative of Covenant Network. Covenantcatholic.org. We've got the Stations of the Crush. You can pray right there on your phone, on your tablet, on your computer. There's beautiful images to just focus your attention on. It's one of my favorite things about praying the station is looking at the actual artwork of the stations of the church or the booklet. Well, we've got it there. You can pray it every day this Lent. Covenantcatholic.org. We've got the Stations of the Cross there for you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end, amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, terror of demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. For Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Thanks for tuning in to Roadmap to Heaven this morning. Let's get ready for an amazing Lent, and a great way to do that is to pray your rosary today.